You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. We are continuing with our teaching. We are talking about expectations in the temple. Last week, we did talk about it and we our focus was on the priest god's expectation of the priest and we saw how essential it is for anybody that claims to be a priest to be clothed in the garment of salvation and as we saw in the book of malachi god's expectation of his priest is that they be clothed with salvation today i want to look at um something that has to do with the remember we said that god's expectation we have when we are talking about expectation we have three four four things that we have expectations from but there are three main actors and that's god the priest and the people so last week we did talk about the priest and so today i want to take it from the the general perspective which is more about the people and so today we are talking about conformity and transformation as an expectation for the people conformity and transformation as an expectation for the people and so we are still looking at our templates um test which is exodus chapter 25 today we are going to look at verse 9 exodus 25 verse 9 now exodus 25 tells us that god instructs moses to build a tabernacle a sanctuary for him that he should build a sanctuary according to the pattern that he is showing him make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern i will show you so he said that make this tabernacle and all its furnishings so you realize that it is talking about two things it is talking about the tabernacle and it is talking about the furnishings and today that's that's going to be the focus of today's teaching the tabernacle and the furnishings but we are going to pay more attention to the furnishings so in the esv it is able to make the distinction and we are able to see it clearly because you realize that sometimes when you read the scripture and it's together like that we 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 cannot sometimes extrapolate the 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 essence of the communication so in the esv it says that exactly as i show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture so you shall make it exactly as i show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture so you shall make it so 
we are talking about the key words here we are focusing on is exact exactly as i show you so we are talking about exact we are talking about pattern we are talking about tabernacle we are talking about furnishings right exact patterns tabernacle furnishings um then the key word the the last key word there is you shall make you shall make you shall make you shall make now remember we've said that when it comes to the tabernacle for the purposes of our learning we are going to simplify it into two categories or into two classifications that is the meeting place and the dwelling place i don't want you to forget that so as we are talking we are focusing on the meeting place and the dwelling place but today is going to be more of the dwelling place now we say that the meeting place is the physical structure that we build with brick and mortar or something whatever it is that we whether it's a shed it is that structure that two or three people will gather in the name of god to fellowship that is what we for the purposes of our learning is called the meeting place then the dwelling place is for the purposes of distinguishing is where the holy spirit will come and dwell and that is the human temple so as we are talking about the temple we are talking about the dwelling place of god remember also we said that the temple for the purposes of our learning or for the purposes of this teaching whenever we talk about the temple we are making reference to the place where god has been invited and invoked because there is an altar there and it is also a place where god has been hosted and is being housed so the temple is a hosting and a housing facility for god then in the temple we have the altar and the altar is the invoking and the invitation invitation tool or instrument now we also remember that we said that the temple is constructed on what we call the sacred ground and the sacred ground is the defined territory where god has claimed as his own now i'm emphasizing on all of these because it is important to us appreciating what we are going to talk about today now let's go into our teaching for tonight now remember we are talking about expectations in the temple and we are saying that god has an expectation for himself and we have an expectation of god then god has an expectation for the priest and the priest must have an expectation for himself then god has an expectation for the people and the people have an expectation coming into the presence of God. Therefore, it, it stands to reason that every activity that we undertake in the temple must yield a particular result or must lead to a particular outcome. Now, that outcome is in the template of the temple. Remember when we talked about the design of the temple and we talked about how the temple is built so that we journey from the east to the west the east is where the gate is the west is where 
the ark of the covenant is and you realize throughout the bible if you pay particular attention you are going to realize that most of the scriptures that talk about uh, looking for god in symbolic fashions there is always a reference from the east to the west so that is supposed to be the focus so as we enter through the gate everything is supposed to lead us into his presence in the holies of holies now the the tabernacle in its construction we are being told that first and foremost the tabernacle must be built exactly as it has been shown to us so for us what is the pattern of the tabernacle for us as believers that we are supposed to build to i i i do present to you that jesus for us is that tabernacle standard to which we are supposed to build to so that god is going to dwell in our in us just as he dwelt in his son because remember the bible says that all the fullness of god dwelt in him in all bodily form and so we also as his tabernacle and as his temple now where do we know that we are the temple of god we know it from first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 and also first corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 if you can post it so that as we are talking about it we will know that what we are saying is true so when we go to first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 it tells us that don't we know that we are god's temple and that god's spirit dwells in us so do you not know that you are god's temple and god's spirit dwells in you so that's the question do you know are you aware that you are god's temple you are god's dwelling place that god has chosen you for himself to live in you to abide in you to stay in you are you aware then chapter 6 goes on to say in the verse 19 that um, it says do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have from god you are not your own so in 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 first corinthians 19 we are being reminded that we are not our own that this body is for god it is god's dwelling place it was created now remember when we began unveiling the temple one of the things that we said was that the temple was designed by god built by god to be used by god and that is why as human beings we have very unique features one of the things that i believe as human beings is very unique to us is our ability to host spirit chapter 8 matthew chapter 8 verses 28 to 34. it tells us that jesus cast out demons he met a man that was demon possessed and he cast out the demon and the demon begged that he be he be permitted to go and dwell in pigs and we realize that the bible says that when they entered into the pigs they they ran into the water and drowned right so but when this demon is asked 
who he is he says that i am legion and and the i am legion in the sense that a legion according to the roman standard is is a company of soldiers and that company can be anything between 4000 to 12000 so let's just say that we are dealing with the uh, the lower threshold the lower limit which is the 4000 what this demon was saying is that we are 4000 spirits that have taken habitation in one man and so if one man can contain 4000 spirits but many pigs cannot contain 4000 spirits such that it, 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 it when it came into them they couldn't stand they had to die for man what it does is that it's not it's not going to kill you but it's going to make you mad when you have any the more spirits you have living in you there is the tendency that you are going to become a lunatic that's the fact because it is unusual and it is absurd and abnormal for that many demons to live in one person right so we have this vessel that is the human vessel that can house and host as many as 4,000 demons. Now, the only reason why this is possible is because this body is a temple that was built to house and to host God. So the, the, the infinite possibility of this vessel to host spirit is, is phenomenal because it is the question is how big is god if this entire human body can can house and host god it tells you how unique the human vessel is so i am saying all this to uh, draw our attention to the fact that when god was building us as a temple he really took his time to make us special and that is why in psalm 139 the the writer sees this and sees that this is too wonderful for me um let me see exactly where it says in psalm 139 david begins he says that he, he knew my own unformed substance even when i was in my mother's womb um you know how many bones that i in my body he begins to say all these wonderful things but then it is not the wonderful things that he's saying. He sees that what the word I'm trying to draw attention to is that in the test, he says that this knowledge is too wonderful for me. That is to say that when David came to understand how special the human body was, it was just mind-blowing for him. He couldn't believe. He said that, Psalm 139 verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. So God took his time to make you and I as his temple. Now, remember, our test is Exodus 25 verse 9. And in verse 29, he said that we should make it exactly as we see it. So, the first thing i want to draw your attention to remember we are talking about conformity and transformation transformation as an expectation for the people 
why is now the, the 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 other point i want to make is this without conformity there cannot be any transformation without conformity there cannot be transformation exactly as i show you exactly means conformity exactly do this thing as i show you say it exactly as i am saying it pronounce it exactly as i am pronouncing it iron it the way i am teaching you to iron it cut it the way i'm teaching you to cut it don't do it any other way without conformity it is impossible to have transformation now why what is this conformity that is the question that we need to answer and my prayer is that by the time that we are done in the next 30 minutes we'll be able to answer that question so we are supposed to build exactly as he is showing us according to the pattern of the tabernacle and its furnishings so now one of the things that we need to know about the temple is that the temple as the verse when we read um exodus 25 verse 8 it says that tell the people to make me a sanctuary make me a sanctuary right now the word sanctuary is from the word is the word uh uh medesh medesh or kadash um it means a consecrated thing or place the sanctuary there means a consecrated thing or place now the root word that this word is being the sanctuary there it's it's a, what we call the the makadesh the makadesh now the makadesh is from the root word kadesh what some people call kodash or kadash so that word means a consecrated thing or place but in the context of the hebrew scriptures it is made in reference to a palace a palace it is made in reference to a palace then this palace is also sometimes thought of as an asylum an asylum now what a lot of people don't know about an asylum is that asylum is in our time when we say asylum we are thinking about the place where mad people are kept but you also understand that an asylum is like when you in terms of in the international context it is a refugee seeking to be settled in another country or fleeing from a conflict in his country and so he goes to seek protection from another government so asylum in 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 this sense is <clears throat> is when a, a government gives protection or grants protection to someone who has left his or her home country as a political refugee so I'm trying to make this in reference to the physical temple. Every physical temple, you know, one of the things that we have lost in our time is that in our days, the temple is locked. Our parents would tell you that 
in their time, the church or the chapel was never locked. The doors were always open so that if anybody needed a place to stay, they could come and sleep in the church. If somebody needed a place to rest, they could come and rest in the church. If somebody needed a place to find consolation, they could just, at any time in, of the day, they could just enter into the temple and talk to God. In our time, because of armed robbery and all those things, it, it has changed. But the temple as a physical structure is like an asylum. It's like an embassy. Such that if you are run, if you are being pursued by demons and you run into it, just like if an American citizen is being pursued in Ghana and he runs to the American embassy, we cannot break into the American embassy to say that, bring him out. When he enters the American embassy, he has entered America. And we don't have jurisdiction in America. So the, the, the police service cannot go into the embassy to arrest such a person. And that is why sometimes when we are listening to some of these international politics, you realize that they say that um, the, the, the man that founded um, the wiki wikipedia julian assange he's been living in in a country's uh, embassy for a long time because in that place he's he's found an asylum he has been granted protection <clears throat> so that is what the house of god is supposed to be like you are supposed to find protection there and so that's why we read a scripture that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. It is not only the righteous that run into it that are saved, but also those who know that God is their help. Whenever they run into his sanctuary, they are saved. But back to our discussion, we are trying to focus more on the, the human temple. So the human temple is very special. So God is saying that we are supposed to build it according to the pattern. So, God is meant to live in us, right? To dwell. The word to dwell, when we look at the word to dwell, that they should make me a temple so that I will dwell in their midst. That is uh, Exodus 25 verse 8. The word to dwell literally means to lie down, to sleep, to stay. So, what God is saying is that I want you to build me a temple so that I can just come and stay. I can I can come and sleep here. There is there is the other sense that I don't want to talk about because uh, I I think it's a bit of the extreme because in the context of what we are talking about, it it, it, it doesn't apply. So it means to to sleep to to stay to lie in a place permanently stay. And the key word is that it means to permanently stay. That let them make me a dwelling place where I can permanently stay. That is what the word dwell in the verse 8 means. It means to permanently stay in a place. To inhabit a place. So that is God's intention, right? That is God's intention. Now. Today, what we are doing is more of a textual analysis. So please bear with me because today 
we are not going to do a lot of things we are just going to stay just in verse 8 and 9 by verse 9 in particular then we are going to talk about some truths now you will realize that as we are looking at the test god is saying in verse 9 that exactly as i show you so it means that the 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 temple of god is built by revelation the temple of god is built by revelation what god is asking you how god is asking you to conform it is going to be by revelation your your design for confirmation we have a general standard of confirmation then we have the specific standards of confirmation the general is located in the bible you are going to find it walk with the holy spirit pray do this do that but then there is also a demand that is going to put on you that is what we call your consecration your consecration because remember we are talking about the temple is a consecrated place is it a it's a thing that has been set apart to be set apart means that you have come under specific instructions and you are keeping the instructions so there is a specific instruction for your life that is different from my life the 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 reason why a lot of people are struggling in christianity is because they have not found their 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 command their command you see I'm trying to remember a scripture, but I think it's Psalm 119. It talks, it says something about if I hear your command, I will live. If I hear your command, I will live. If I hear your command, I will live. There is a command for your life, you see. There are people who are called to pray. So all their life, you realize that there is a grace on them. They can just pray. When they begin to pray, they can pray for 8 hours, 9 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours. Some of them can even pray 36 hours. They will not know that they are prayed. It is what God has called them to conform to. And because of that, he has given them the grace to conform. If you look at such a person who has been called to prayer, and you listen to the person teaching or or preaching, you are going to realize that that person is going to emphasize his consecration as the most essential thing as a Christian you should do. So you realize that a person that is called to prayer will say something like, if you don't pray as a Christian, if you never pray for five hours or six hours, you are a joker. (laughs) How are we a joker? We are not all called to do the same thing. We are not all called to fight the same wars. In an army, there are various rankings, there are various orders, there are various hierarchies. The commander general, as skillful as he might be, doesn't necessarily always have to be part of the battle. There are those who are in what we call the war room, drawing up strategies they might never fight in their lives but they will be able to come out with wonderful strategies that can ensure victory at the battleground they will never kill a person they will never shoot a rifle they will never 
um, throw a spear they will never um shoot an arrow but they are all part of the army in the army there are people who are medics they, they their job is to take care of those who are wounded or those who are sick in the army we have we have various there are people who are drivers in the army they drive tanks there are people who are uh, special forces their training is not the same so we are supposed to build exactly as he is showing you you see i am teaching you and i might say some things but it doesn't mean that everything that i am saying applies to you now that is what the the church has failed to emphasize and that is what many preachers have 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 failed to 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 teach their 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 their, their congregants about a, a pastor or a church leader will have a vision and in the vision the lord will say that don't wear um leather shoes for for the rest of your life and the moment that the person starts not to wear leather shoes he's going to realize that many things are changing in his life or her life probably things were difficult finances were difficult um ability to understand and grasp certain concepts were difficult but he realized that the moment he began not to wear leather shoes all these things became simple for him and so for the for the next 20 30 years he's been living that way and his life has been wonderful so you come to him for advice it is very simple and easy for the person to say that if you are a christian and you wear leather shoes know that things will not go well for you why they are trying to make you conform to their command but that is not the command that might work for you there are people who might be given to his line of work that the command might work for but it doesn't necessarily mean that it applies to you sometimes for instance when we are doing our ordained fast sometimes i start my own before the ordained fast i don't come and say that because the lord is saying that i should do 21 days you should do 21 days no he said i should do 21 days he didn't say let the people do 21 days so you realize that because many Christians have filled that that litmus test of deciphering what it is that the Lord is commanding them to do, they don't know how to live as Christians. You see, all that we are talking is 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 you finding how to live. Now, um, post Colossians chapter one verse nine for me. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. Now, Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 and, and 10, at verse 10, it says something about walking worthy of the Lord. It says that, that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will. So you see, our conformity requires that we are filled with the knowledge of his will. Do you know what God requires of you? Then he says that in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, it is about the application of the will. 
when you discover God's will for you, it will take knowledge and wisdom to implement the will of God in your life. And the verse 10 says that so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. What I do for God to be happy with me might not be the same requirement for you as a believer. You see, what did Daniel do? That God so loved Daniel. Daniel prayed three times a day. Not only did he do that, he stood for God in the midst of adversity. But why did, in, in, when we read Daniel chapter 7 and also Daniel chapter 10, you realize that when the angel of the Lord appears to Daniel, he says that Daniel, man greatly loved. When we read the book of Jeremiah, God is talking to Jeremiah and he's talking about punishing Jerusalem. And he says that even if Daniel, and he mentions Daniel's name, comes to beg for them, I will not. But why will God use Daniel as a reference? It's because God asked Daniel to live in a certain way and Daniel was able to live that way. Are you being called to pray three times a day? Probably not. Are you being called to pray 10 hours a day? Probably not. You see, that is why I am saying that for, 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 for us as believers, it is important for us to discover his will for our lives. That is what we are supposed to conform to, his will for our lives. Many of us, we don't know God's will for our lives. We don't know what he wants us to do. So we go doing a lot of things, hoping that God will be happy with us. And that is why we are not efficient and effective Christians. We are wasteful Christians. We are not precise. You see, a temple is built in, to exactness. Your, your, your ability to please God is built into your ability to be exact in his commands with you. So he says that, and that's why I'm saying that it is going to take revelation. Because you see, when you look at the, the King James, he says that, see that you build. See that you build. And the word, the word see is the word ra, and it, it means to perceive, to discern. If you are not a discerning Christian, if you are not a perceiving Christian, somebody is fasting for 50 days. He says, I have not drank water, and I still feel strong. And you, you feel like you can also fast 50 days without water. You will die. Because the grace that was given to him to do that fasting, it might not be the same grace given to you. Because you see, before he was able to say, I am fasting for 50 days, he might have heard a command from God that I need you to fast for 50 days and I don't want you to drink water. And because that instruction is coming from God, when he does it, nothing will happen to him. Even in a struggle, it's going to become easy because he is trying to build 
according to the pattern that he has received. Now, a pattern, when you look at the word, the meaning of the word pattern there, the, the, the root word of the word means resemblance, to resemble something. It means similitude, to be similar to something. Then it also means model. Like uh, in economics, you say a model is a simplified version of the real world. In architecture, a model is the, 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 the piece of art that we display on paper that we are going to build, the actual one. So the picture and the actual. So he's saying that build exactly to pattern. So it means that whatever that you are building to, it must resemble something. What must it is resemble? Now, remember, he is building according to a picture that he has seen. Now, that is what I call the mirror effect. Whatever God is asking us to build, remember, the temple has its source in the heavens. We know in the book of Hebrews, when we start reading from Hebrews chapter 5, we are going to realize that the temple or the tabernacle, there is what we call the true sanctuary of God. It is located in the heavens. That is where Jesus is. So I am of the personal opinion that that true sanctuary is a reflection of what Moses saw. The pattern. And also we saw also in 1 Corinthians chapter 28 when David was instructing his son Solomon. He said that all the, the measurements, every instruction that I am giving you concerning how to build a temple... The Lord himself gave to me. That is 1 Corinthians 28 verse 9 and 10, I believe. So you realize that it it must resemble. Your conformity must resemble something or someone. For us as believers, what God is asking us to conform to is Christ. So we are supposed to build this tabernacle or this temple called the human temple so that it resembles Christ. It resembles Christ. How do I say so? Because you see, it it tells us about two resemblances that we are supposed to build to. The pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the furnishings. Now, the tabernacle, the pattern of the tabernacle, as I said, is I believe is the physical heavenly temple that Jesus stands in to intercede for us in the presence of the Father. Now he says that there is also a pattern for furnishings. Now, some of your Bible versions will say the pattern of instruments. Now, when I, I saw this last week. I, I, I was wondering how I missed it. So, out of curiosity, I just decided to inv- investigate what instruments there means. And this is what I found. The word, the pattern of finishing or finishings or instrument, what it means is something prepared. The pattern of something prepared. Something prepared. I don't want to bore you with what the the Hebrew word is and all those things. I'm just trying to. But what it means 
it's it's in reference to three main things it's either to a utensil a prepared utensil a prepared vessel or a prepared weapon that is what the word finishings there that is what it means it's, it's either referring to utensils whenever the word that is used that is kele whenever it is used in the bible it either refers to utensils a vessel or a weapon so god is saying that in the tabernacle there is also within the tabernacle instruments instrument and that instrument is a prepared instrument now you see the the my fascination was more drawn to the root word of the word kele and the root word is kala kala means something that is holy reaped something that has been made he says that make clean by redance it also means to cease be finished means consume away that's the meaning of the word instrument there when we look at the words it is derived from it means that something that has been reaped something that has been made clean by getting rid of something it means something that has ceased something that has finished something that has been consumed away now why am i saying this why is this interesting for us for us to be transformed right before now remember we've talked about conformity so conformity is about discovering his will for your life discovering what his command to your life is how you should live that is his command that is what to conform means then we are talking about transformation now now the transformation here is called the pattern of instruments the pattern of instrument and we've said that the instrument means to be wholly ripped to be made clean by radiance to seize something to seize from existence something to be finished and something to be consumed away now we are talking about transformation now if transformation means a complete so let's look at the things that are used in the tabernacle what do we find we find when we enter we find the altar the altar is made of gold right it's made of bronze the bronze altar but how did it become an altar it means that it was taken from its raw state it was passed through fire the impurities were removed from it then it was molded to resemble the altar so it means that the initial state of the bronze when it was discovered as an instrument that was going to be brought into the tabernacle of god it had to be ripped so it had to be like when i say it had to be ripped what i'm saying is that let me use a tree a tree will fit a perfect example because in in the tabernacle we have the table of showbread right the table of showbread we have the the lamp stand then and we have the 
the covenant box all these things have elements of wood in it the lampstand doesn't have an element of wood in it but the the table and the the covenant box it has and the altar of incense they have elements of wood in it so before that wood was brought into the temple first of all it had to be reaped so it had to be uprooted it we fell the tree when we fell the tree we had to make clean of great dance it means that the tree had to be cleaned right the branches had to be cut off the 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 little little things that are on it you know that makes the wood like rough on the outside it had to be smoothened so they had to make clean with radance so something was scraped off it then what the moment it was reaped it ceased to exist as what in its original state it ceased to exist so if you knew it as the tall oak tree it no longer became the tall oak tree because now remember it has been uprooted the roots have been probably cut the branches have been shaved up so now when you see it you call it timber or lumber right so what we knew it to be it has ceased to exist so its former life it is finished it 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 it, it has ended its former life has ended whatever it used to represent it has been consumed away by that process that it is going to go through right it has been completely gone through a transformational state whether it passes through fire whether it is the uh, the the knife that was used in transforming it look at a table the lumber now will have been taken to the the workshop the sawmill it has to be sewn it has to be cut into particular sizes it has to be sanded down and then it has to be cut also into feather feather pieces then it has to be molded um, you have to use things to hold it together so the table as we see it you realize that if you did not know what a tree is and we told you that this table came out of a tree the question you will ask is what is a tree because the table as you see it does not resemble the tree because everything that associated it with a tree it has finished it has ceased it has been it has been it has been it has been gotten rid of there's nothing that you can when you see a table will you know what particular tree it came out from whether unless they tell you that this is wawa especially if it is painted or it has designs embroidered on them if they don't tell you the kind of tree it is made of you you that you are buying you don't even know and that is why i say jesus is the the standard so this is what brings me to second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. we are ending with second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. you know how the bible says if you and i if we find ourselves in christ we are a new creation everything of the past that we as we were associated with it is gone 
we have been made new. A lot of people don't know what that means, that we have been made new. But tonight, I am praying that you would understand what it means. I am trying to read it in translaterally from, from the Greek. I'm trying to use the literal translation. It says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, has come into being new. Have you realized that the phrasing is different from what we are usually used to? It says that, I'm reading it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old things have passed away behold has come into being the new has come into being the new what does that say it is telling us you see has come into being it's a very interesting phrase it means to be born, to come about, to happen. Hmm. In its original sense, it means to be generated, to become. To come to pass. So, when we do the literal translation, it, the word means that it came to pass, become or became, having come, having become, having taken place. There are so many phrases that go, but what I am saying is that it means that the moment you became born again, what happened to the instrument in the temple it happened to you and i there are so many of us first of all we we have not yet discovered his will for our lives let alone to talk about transformation you see when you became born again what this scripture is saying that has come into being the new when you gave your life to christ what happened was that you were literally regenerated as a baby you were born that is why we use the phrase born again you were born again in the realm of the spirit what happens is that what we knew you to be has ceased to exist have you read romans chapter 6 when he says that we have been buried with, we have died with Christ. We have been buried with him and we have been raised with him. So that is what symbolically baptism is supposed to remind us of. So you have come into being. What you are is a complete, and, and, and the word here has come to being. And here what we read as, behold, 
the new has come. The new here is kainos. And kainos is an interesting phrase because what it, it means is freshness freshness you are kindness you are you are fresh you are you are you are completely new the the, the when you if you have a if you if you if you are using a electronic bible and you have the greek and the uh, the lexicons and you have strong's dictionary when you read it you are going to see what it says about kindness and you're going to realize that kindness means that it's not just that you are completely new it, it, it tells us that they don't actually know where you came from the world cannot this design where you came from because it's like we're there and you just happened that is what it means to be born by god so when they are looking for your bloodline when they are looking for your lineage last two weeks i i think it was two or three weeks ago i taught something in church and it was about the word heals and the word techno now the word heals in the bible means a legitimate son a legitimate son means somebody who has a certificate you see how when we are born we are given birth certificates to show that this is your father this is your mother your birth certificate is the one that tells us who your parents are who gave birth to you so when you read the word it says that uh, when you read um john's gospel chapter one now have you become the children of god as many as believed him he gave them the right to be called the children of god heals heals it means that now when you were given birth to by god he, he issued a new birth certificate in the spirit and it was written on the birth certificate his father is god his mother is god you are now become like melchizedek you have no earthly father you have no earthly mother what did jesus say who is my mother who is my brother but those who do their will you have been completely translated into a new kingdom with different standards of living so everything that associated you with the past whether you were born into a poor family rich family disabled family the moment you give your life to christ what jesus is saying is that just like the instrument in the temple the pattern of the instrument is transformed and set apart and brought into the temple that is what i've done to you you have ceased to exist whatever that was associated associated with you in reference to you being a tree or with you being soil or with you being a metal he says that those things i have gotten rid of it that is why in the book of malachi 
he uses what we call the fullest soap and the refinest fire. You have been baked by the fullest soap and you have been refined by the refinest fire. And what came out of the process was something that did not that has not existed before. That is what kainos means. Something that has not existed in the earth realm before. Your source now is God. And if this is it, then we should remember what the Bible says. Now remember I said that without conformity, there cannot be transformation. To live with this reality that what you have now become now i've talked about heels meaning um we uh, so when we want to understand what heels means in the context uh what the scripture i like to really use is um uh, romans chapter 8. romans chapter 8 is that if you are led by the spirit we are the children of god we are heels that it talks about when you go further down it talks about we are the children of god but this one is technon the word technon means show us your lineage so you see how in matthew and in luke's gospel the writers take their time to trace the lineage of jesus to adam and to uh, and to david to prove a point when we are born again that is literally what happens to us our lineage is now traced to the throne of david and to god himself it doesn't matter whether you are african it doesn't matter whether you are asian it doesn't matter whether you are south american it doesn't matter whether you are akan ever whether you are Igbo, whether you are whatever you are the moment you become born again all your earthly associations are scraped off. You are now, every reference that is made in connection to you, it is made in reference to God. Because now what you have become is that a person who is born of God. And what does a person born of God become? It is what we call the mirror effect. The mirror effect. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 he said that beholding us in a mirror right we are transformed from glory to glory beholding us in a mirror we are transformed second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 i want to read this he said it and we all with unveiled face now remember the face is unveiled. What is the unveiled face? The unveiled face is that now you have discovered the will of God for your, for your life. You have discovered who you are in Christ. You have discovered what has happened to you when you became born again. So now your face is unveiled. And because your face is unveiled, the Bible says that beholding the glory of the Lord. Now this is the mirror that we are looking into. We are being transformed into the same image. Now, what is that image? It is the image of Christ. What is that image? 
that image we can find in Revelation chapter 1, we can find in Revelation chapter 5, we can find in Revelation chapter 4. That image. We can also find that image in Daniel chapter 7. That image. That is the image we are supposed to be conformed to what? Because now we know. Now we know who we are. Now we know that we, we, you see, the moment you know, it means you have discovered the exact pattern of your life as an instrument. Now remember, I said an instrument means you are, you, you are one, a utensil, as in cooking utensil. Then the other one is that you are a vessel. A vessel is something that is used to host another thing. You discover that you are a utensil. A utensil aids in, you know, <laughs> cooking things, preparing things. Then the last one is that you are a weapon. You discover that you are a weapon. So when you come into this discovery, you realize that as a patent instrument, you are a dangerous being, especially to the kingdom of hell. A lot of us don't know how dangerous we are to the kingdom of hell. Beloved, you know, I've been meditating on this since Thursday, last week, Thursday, when I discovered it. And I'm thinking, wow, if this is what God has truly made me, I've been reaped, you see, I've been ripped from my family. When, when they go into the realm of the spirit, they will not discover Yao as a person who is Ghanaian. They will discover Yao as a person who is born of God. Yao, the born of God, the son of God, the child of God. Yao, a co-heir with Christ, a joint heir with Christ. These are the things that you are going to discover. Now, if my face is unveiled to this truth and I discover his command for my life and he says that, okay, yeah, now this is your command. Raise champions. Build mighty redeemers. Raise tent dwellers. That is my command. Your command might not be to do the same, but your command is Allow yourself to go through the process to become a champion, become a redeemer, and become a tent dweller. And as you come into this revelation, you are also going to discover his will and his purpose for your life. And you can also go on to implement that and impact another life, another generation, another group of people, another organization. We are Christians and our presence is not felt. Whether we are teachers, whether we are workers, whether we are employers or employees, whether we are fathers, whether we are mothers, whether we are brothers, whether we are sisters, whether we are friends, we are believers and our impact is not felt because we are not building exactly to the pattern that he is showing us concerning the tabernacle and the instrument you and i what we are is that we are an instrument for god jeremiah i believe discovered this and said that i am i am a battle axe in the hands of god 
He discovered that he is an instrument. Have you discovered that you are an instrument? Do you know exactly what instrument you are? You see, the other thing I want to say about instrument and we pray is this. As an instrument, when you are transformed, unless you are used, you are useless. (laughs) Imagine that you cut a tree and you go through the trouble to transform the, the tree into a flute or into a pipe or into a trumpet. If the trumpet is lying down, huh, what, what use does it give us? And that is where your discovery as a vessel is important. A vessel, when you understand your life as a vessel in functionality to instrument, you realize that you have, you have been transformed, right? So that you can be used. You have not been transformed to be put on display. You have been transformed in the tabernacle to be used. The flute is supposed to be piped into so that a sound can come out. A table is supposed to be made in the tabernacle so that it it can receive the wine and the showbread. The altar of incense the tree has been transformed to the altar of incense so that incense can be burnt on it. The, 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 the bronze has been turned into an altar so that sacrifices can be laid upon it. As an instrument, if you are not functioning as an instrument, you are useless. And that is why Jesus said, in their pistols in my father's house there are many vessels some to honor some to dishonor it's about functionality it's about usefulness are you useful to god as an instrument you see because the only reason why he went through all that trouble to change you from one state to another state is so that you can be useful to him. Ask yourself, are you useful to God? In the community that you are in, are you useful to God? In the friendship that you find yourself in, are you useful to God? In the marriage, are you useful to God? As a father, as a wife, as a husband, are you useful to God? As a brother, as a sister, as a friend, are you useful to God? As an employer, as an employee, are you useful to God? As a member of an organization, of a group, of a society, of a community, are you useful to God? Beloved, there is a pattern for our lives. That pattern is the pattern of Christ. God requires us as instruments to discover that pattern. Some of us, we are too concerned with what people are thinking. Some of us, we are too concerned with what people are saying. When was the last time you got worried about your life because God... When was the last time you were worried that, what does God think of me? You see, we are worried about what our husbands think of us, what our wives think of us, 
what our employer thinks of us, what our manager thinks of us, what our friends think of us, what society thinks of us, what the government thinks of us, what the church thinks of us. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever have you ever <laughs> discovered that you are worried because you don't know what God thinks of you? What does God think of you? When your name is mentioned in heaven, what is God's reaction towards your name? What are the reactions of the angels when your name is mentioned? What are the reactions of the saints in glory when your name is mentioned? Have you been worried about that? You see, you've been worried about, I don't have a child. I don't have money. I don't have a job. Have you been worried that God does? Are you do you even are you even sure that God knows your name? <laughs> are you worried, or are you not worried that God might not know your name? Uh, <laughs> somebody will say, "Oh, He knows everybody in the universe." Yes, He knows everybody in the universe, but does He know your name as His son, as His daughter? There's always one thing I say when it comes to these things. Whenever I think about these things, you see, these are the things I, I think about mostly in my life. And that is why if you've been listening to me, you realize that time and time again, I keep saying that. Keep saying that. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, Thou art highly favored. He, he appears to Daniel, he said that, Daniel, man greatly loved. He comes to Solomon and says that you are Jedediah. Hey, you, what does God call you? When they mention your name, God says, who is that? (laughs) But you can't be bothered because you are thinking about, I don't have money. I don't have, I don't have a car. I don't have this. You are an instrument. It is time for you and I to build the pattern of the instrument. You see, the pattern of the instrument, as I said, is Christ. When Christ was unveiled, the Bible says that the heavens opened and a voice thundered and said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. When is the last time God said that about you? Then he took the disciples to the mountain and he was transfigured. And once again, a voice came and said that, This is my son. Hear ye him. I pray for you and I tonight. That we will find our command for conformity. Then we will come to the knowledge of our transformation. Your past does not exist with God. Listen to me. Your past does not exist with God. Whatever it is that you used to be, it doesn't exist in the presence of God because you are now born again. If you are not born again, then this is the opportunity for you to have a fresh start, a new start. To be born to a different origin, not of earthly source. 1 Corinthians 15 says that the first 
Adam is of the earth because of that he is earthly. The second Adam is the man of heaven. We are fashioned after the order of the man of heaven. So we are heavenly. I pray that you will understand this. I pray that you will understand this with all your heart. I wish, I don't know if I have said it the way I wrote it. But I believe that this is crucial to us in our walk. A lot of us are struggling because we don't know whether we are forgiven. We don't know whether we are born again. We don't know whether we are children of God. We don't know whether we have been changed. We don't know what has happened to our life. We don't know if going to church means that when we die, we will go to heaven. He's saying that it is not about that. It is is about you discovering it. You have to discover it. You have to discern it. You You have to see it. You have to catch that revelation yourself. And if you will catch that revelation, you will live a transformed life. If you used to be a prostitute, you will know that you can no longer call me a prostitute. There's no way we read ever after, after Mary Magdalene gave his life to God, that she referred to herself as a prostitute or as an adulterer. She knew her life. She was called the one that Jesus loved. Ah, She knew that she was loved. She knew. She knew that she was loved. She knew. She understood that she was loved. Because you see, that day, Jesus gave her a promise. He said that wherever I am talked about, they will talk about this woman. So she knew that day that her life has changed. Do you know that your life has changed when you gave your life to Christ? Why are you still trying so hard to live the old life? Leave it behind. That is no longer you. You are now an instrument found in god's tabernacle you are a utensil he cooks in you you are a vessel he he pours himself into you so that he can use you that's why paul said that the life that i live i live now by faith by the son of god he lives through me you are a vessel not only that you are a weapon You are supposed to be the most terrifying instrument Satan has ever come across. But you, when you see him, you are afraid. (laughs) But that today I know, I know, Satan is afraid of me. He is afraid because you see, as a transformed person, as I behold and look into the mirror of glory, I can only move from glory to glory. I can only become, because remember we said that the instrument then means resemblance, similitude, or model. It means that when you are looking for Jesus and you cannot find Jesus in the heavens, look at me. That is why Jesus said that, Simon, have I been with you for so long and yet you ask, so ask the Father? If you see me, you have seen the Father model jesus is saying that i am the resemblance of the father i am the similitude of the father i am the image of the father i am the likeness of the father that is what you have become that is what i have become 
as born again believers, the expectation of God is that we will conform to this truth and allow this truth to transform the way we live. See, when you understand that this is what you have become, you will not struggle to, 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 to break away the addiction, whether it is pornography, whether it is food, whether it is lust, whatever it is. When you understand it, you walk away from it and you realize that Satan has no power over you. You walk away from the old life and you, you might feel that tingling sensation, but it cannot have an effect on you because you know that you have been born into a different source, into a different stream. You have a certificate, a legitimate certificate from the Father that shows that you are His child. And not only that, now I trace my lineage and I can confidently say that I am of the line of David. I am of the tribe of Judah. Sit where Christ sits because that is what He has made me. I am a joint hair and I am an heir of God. I pray for you and I that the word of God will not just be something we are reading, but it will be something we are discovering into transformation to become the light that we are. You are light. You are glorious. You are prosperous. You are mighty. You are strong. You are successful. That is the image. That is the mirror. That is the model. That is what we are. We are glorious. We are honorable. Are you honorable? When you talk, when, when, when you talk, people say you are honorable. Do they call you honorable? Or honorable has now become a title for liars. <laughs> Led by us. Let us redeem the name honorable. So when we attach honorable to your name, they will say that indeed. These are honorables. These are honorables. I pray for you tonight. And I pray for myself. That God will help us in this season. As we are constructing the temple. May we discover our place as instruments. There is an instrument in the temple. You and I. As born again believers. We are that instrument. And I pray. That as we begin to function exactly as we should, may God be, you know, let not Colossians 1 verse 10 leave your mind. Because when you discover this, you will please God in all you do. You will please God in all you do. Father, we give you glory tonight. We give you praise. We ask in the name of Jesus that help us to discover the pattern of instrument we are. May we discover the pattern of instrument we are. May we discover the pattern of instrument we are. And as we discover this pattern, become, may we become useful instruments in your hand. May we become useful instruments. And may your expectation of us as instruments, may we not live below the standard, below the expectation. May we live even exceeding the expectation you have for us as instruments. May we become fabulous, useful instruments in your temple and in your house. 
into your kingdom. We know that you do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we are asking in the name of Jesus. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.